Well, well, let me pray, and then we'll continue to clarify everything um, about relationships, and y'all will walk out and have no more issues um, following this today. So let me just, yeah, we'll, we'll do that. Um, uh, most gracious and ever-living God, thank you for the blessing of this day, the, the, the beauty uh, of this day. I thank you, most gracious God, that you, um, uh, and, and we trust, most gracious God, that you've drawn us together at this time, not by accident, and we pray that you'd be in the midst of us. Uh, And not simply that you'd be in the midst of us, most gracious God, but that you would um, speak through um, our words, speak through our discussions, our our reflections. We pray ultimately, most gracious God, that we might hear from you and that you might fill us with with the love, the joy, the the life, the hope uh, which is found in you. So, Lord, we give you thanks. We ask your presence. We ask your grace and guidance. And we ask you to enable us to hear from you today. And all these things now we ask and all these things we offer in the name of your son who is Jesus Christ our Lord amen well this is um, this is the fourth of this and I you know I don't know if it's been a um, and you don't have to answer you know I don't know if it's been a series or we've just had four classes but um, but we have met four times and this is the fourth uh, this is the fourth of the four and you know one of the things I said, um, at the very beginning, when we've, we've been talking about something, and obviously we heard it in Frank's sermon today, something that we, um, a gift of God given to us, sacrificial love, and something that we all, um, every last one of us, um, deeply need um, in, our, in our lives and in our relationships, something that's um, like, like air, like, like water. It's something which is just absolutely essential to sustain us, that, that sacrificial love which we've, we've received. And one of the things, I guess, that I hope... Um, one of the questions, uh, I guess, with with this whole thing about um, sacrificial love and, and, and family life and in relationships, and obviously, inevitably, um, beyond that as well, family is, of course, um, blood kin, uh, as Frank said today, but then also family, you know, to some degree are the people that we end up surrounding ourselves with um, as well, who aren't necessarily family by um, by blood, but, but become family by just their their involvement, their presence, their significance um, in our lives. So part of the question I guess we've we've asked to some degree is is how. Um, you know that that's kind of the question because I think um, we all agree that love's a good thing. Uh, we'd we'd like to receive more. Um, we'd like to give more. We we'd like more of it in our lives. But of course, like so many things that we desire, the question is is not only how, but part of the challenge is um, that we tend to get in our own way. Um, uh, in this, uh, like so many things, uh, but so part of the, I think we've been wondering and, and asking, and, and as we talk today, I invite um, not only any, any questions you have about what we're talking about today, but just in general, maybe perhaps a little more um, give and take um, this morning. Uh, invite y'all to that, and we'll see how that goes. But one of the questions is, um, you know, how do we? I guess I think about, and maybe do y'all as well. The question is, okay, we're all in agreement. Love's a good thing. We hear that Jesus um, commands us to love one another as He loves us. But the part of what I come back to is, well, how do we do it? Um, you know, how how do you love? Um, how do you how do you give? Um, how do you forgive? How is that how is that possible? We'd we'd all like to do it, um, but but how but how do we do it? Do you, let me just ask you all this: Is that a question that pops into your mind as well? It's kind of like, yeah, I'm on board, but how? Um, you know. 
I want to love my spouse. I want to love my kids. I want to love my parents. I want to love my in-laws. Um, I want to love my neighbor. Um, but 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 how do I do it? Um, and also how do I how do I give? Because I think one of the things that so often gives in the way, and how do I f- forgive? Because I think one of the things that we talked a little bit about previously, also one of the things I think that more often than not gets in the way is just is is fear, um, fear of um, the way that we'll be received or the way that we'll be perceived, um, fear that that we won't get it back, um, that when we give it, we'll, we'll be left um, vulnerable and we won't receive in return um, what we've given. Yeah, I, I, I think fear is, is one of the things that is, is a challenge for us. Um, and also, I guess, as we've talked about this and reflect on it the past weeks and again today, um, as we talk about you know how, how do we do it, I want to, and, and I hope I haven't, I really hope I haven't, I, I want to be careful about not um, burdening, guilting, or discouraging you. You know, you need to love uh, one another. You need to give. You need to. Uh, you need to forgive. Because let me just ask you, how how does that work out um, for y'all? Has that been successful um, in your life when someone so you know you just need to be more loving? Um, or um, quite frankly, has it worked out when you've told yourself that? Um, you know, Craig, you just need to be more forgiving. You just need to. You need to let go. Have y'all experienced any success with that um, what's, whatsoever just by telling yourself, I daggone it, I'm going to start today. Um, and then, you know, you, you fall on your face and you say, you know what, I'm going to start. Uh, I'm going to start tomorrow. This is, in some ways, I guess kind of a non sequitur, but I, but I love this. Um, a, a friend of mine told me about his, his father was an alcoholic and eventually um, got sober and his um you know, we all kind of, and I mean this in a good way, we all to some degree kind of play mind games, um, trying to do different things. We, we had these sort of mind games. But anyways, his dad's thing he would tell himself was, you know what, I'm not going to get drunk today. I may get drunk tomorrow, um, but I'm not going to get drunk today. And so that was his way of sort of maybe tomorrow, but not today. That was, it, that, that worked for him. I thought that was a bit of a non sequitur, but interesting. We're sharing with you all this morning. That's a little... That's a little bon mot. I hope you enjoyed that. You can write it down if you like. But anyway, that's there's no charge for that one. So I just thought I'd throw that out. So anyway, how do how do we how do we how do we do it? How do we love? Um, how do we give? Um, how do we forgive? And as we're beginning to walk into that today, you can see I've handed out to y'all um, a very familiar passage, uh, and yet one I think that's worth hearing once again and engaging. Once again, and being engaged by, of course, and it's um, from the 15th chapter of Luke's Gospel, the story of the prodigal son. But before we do that, um, I just want to say a little bit more, and I'm going to draw from 1 John 4. And um, 1 John 4 is, is is a passage which you're probably familiar with. I was um, a very um, mediocre Greek student in seminary, but thankfully I loved when we translated first John because about every other word was love. So I thought, okay, I've actually got a pretty decent chance of piecing this together. And we'd say it was a little class, there were maybe five or six of us. Uh, and so it was one of those tough things. You sat around a little round table, and it was just you and the professor, and so there was no hiding. You know, you try to you try to just sort of disappear into the seat and not be called upon, but you just you can't hide um, when there are five or six people. And this was one of the ones um, that we would translate together as a group. You know, he'd be like, okay, Mary, um, if you'll translate the next five, you know, the next five, and you'd, oh, you know, and, you know, inevitably, too, you had those doggone teacher's pets in there that were so good. So that just, ugh, 
um, made it. And I'm, you know, it's Frank's sermon today. I'm working on there on my top ten, but I'm praying about that. And I'm working it out. And um, did y'all? Let me ask y'all this: When Frank mentioned that today, did you immediately start thinking about who was on your ten? I know, I know, I did. I immediately, I, I, you just, you couldn't help but start putting, start putting your ten together. Um, and it was interesting. One of the things I thought about. Obviously, I haven't um, reflected on this substantially uh, for a few moments. But it's interesting. I don't know about y'all, but as I, as I, you know, people, you know, started doing my mental inventory and people popped into my mind, you know, who are on my uh, 10 most difficult uh, to love. It's interesting. In many ways, the people that were on there were people that I felt in some way had um, uh, sort of hurt me or, or slighted me or, or withheld something from me which just shows the innate self-centeredness of human nature um, that I'm like, oh, because, you know, I've been wronged. Um, you know, poor, poor me. I've been, I've been wronged, and I can't believe these folks have done that. And, you know, what a, uh, in, in some ways that's true, but in some ways it's kind of like, come on, serious, seriously, um, you, you've been so. But anyway, thinking about the people who've either we feel like have slighted us or withheld something from us in some way. But we, we talk about um, God being love. And First John 4, uh, he talks about, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. And this, the love of God, was made manifest among us, that God sent his only Son into the world, so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us uh, and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Um, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And and as I say, there's to some degree, there's the rub. Uh, I think as we hear that, none of us disagrees with that, you know. God so loved the world that he sent his only son into the world to be the propitiation, to be the one who washes away, who wipes away our sins, who enables us to have a clean slate that we could otherwise never have. And, and the command uh, here in John's gospel, not just the, the command throughout the, the, the call um, to love one another because God um, has first loved us. And this is also the, the portion where he talks about um, as well that there is no fear in love, um, but perfect love um, casts out fear casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love uh, because uh, he first loved us, um, John says. So we, we hear that. Um, that's, um, that's good news. Um, and yet, um, while we believe it um, in our minds, we often struggle with that um, in, our, in our lives. Um, so there is there is the challenge. And one of the things that I've shared with you all um, repeatedly, and um, again, I've offered this not as an expert, um, but as a fellow pilgrim, um, along with you all who's living very imperfectly in, in all the relationships of my life. But I think that the, the theology is an important starting point um, that we talked about. The, what we know um, about God and what we know about human nature um, opens up for us the ability to love. And, um, of course, y'all remember everything that I mentioned um, the first few. Uh, I'm, I'm certain, that, but I mentioned, and I'll just sort of say it again, um, the recognition that, that we're fallen, um, sinful people, 
uh, and as, as fallen sinful people, um, we're going to do bad things. Um, and as fallen sinful people, we're going to have people that we love that that act similarly. Um, we're going to act in ways um, which are um, uh, perhaps surprising but not shocking. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't expect that, but at the same time, knowing knowing human nature and knowing that we are fallen, knowing that we are sinful, there is at least there's the opportunity, um, the 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 belief in in the total depravity, the recognition of our need um, for a Savior, the recognition of our need and our inability to save ourselves, the recognition that we've been saved by God's grace, a love given to us that we have not deserved, we have not merited, we have not um, earned, uh, perhaps gives us the opportunity to have in our relationships some more patience um, with one another uh, and perhaps some more patience with ourselves, um, some more um, understanding, um, some more kindness, some more um, forgiveness, some more um, compassion, some more steadfastness, long um, suffering. We could go, we could go on and on. But the recognition that we have received um, what we didn't deserve uh, has the opportunity, when the truth of that begins to get not only into our head but down into our hearts, uh, to begin to affect the ways um, that 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 we love um, sacrificially, the way that we give. Uh, and the way that we forgive, remembering that we've received these gifts that we haven't deserved um, and we've been saved by them, uh, can begin to, um, hopefully, begin to shape and affect the way that we relate um, with other people um, in our lives. Any any questions or comments about any of that uh, that I've said so far, or just anything else that's on your mind this morning um, before we jump into um, the prodigal son or things that maybe we can address together? All right. Um, thank you. Um, that's that's uh, that that that's uh, talking about perhaps some ways that we can love one another. Well, Luke 15 is is an interesting um, portion of the scriptures, and, and in Luke 15, um, Jesus tells three stories um, for your Bible trivia. Anybody remember what the other two stories um, are in Luke 15? We won't report you to your Sunday school teachers. What was that? The lost sheep and the lost boys. Exactly. Awesome. Um, the star students sit in the front. Um, <laughs> that's right. That's good. Uh, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Exactly. There's there's that guy. Uh, <laughs> no. The the exactly. Um, and and Jesus uh, tells three stories to talk about um, what what God is like. Uh, and also, not only what God is like, but also what God is like in relationship with you and with me. And he, and he tells um, three stories about lost um, things. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think he might be saying about us, for starters? We're lost. That, that, we're, that, that, that we're lost. And as I say, I, y'all, y'all are welcome to agree or disagree with me. But I do think that the recognition of that as a starter is a way toward our beginning to love other other people um, is is the recognition that 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 we're that we're lost people um, that that we're people uh, in need of grace and we're people in need of giving we're people in need of forgiving and you know even in the midst of that and how it all fleshes out I don't exactly have a, a perfect formula for you but we talked some last time as well that that love while love gives um, and and forgives it, in my estimation also love also um, resists in some ways as well. And what I mean by that is is this, and I and I shared my own story in, in my own life. You know, my 
um, my wayward past and my parents sort of love, very imperfect but loving and persistent resistance to things that I were doing that, that were destructive. Uh, not exiting the relationship, not not writing me off, not saying that was the final straw, but, but love as well doesn't inherently bless everything. Um, now, how exactly that works out is, is the challenge, how we go about doing that, because um, it's we don't want to... We don't want to shame um, and shut people down, but yet at the same time, we all have things in our lives that we need loving resistance from the people um, who who love us. I mean, love doesn't ine- inevitably say, you know, it's it's all fabulous. And you know, I mean, to some degree, obviously, with children, um, you know, um, love is is not giving um, your 16-year-old the the fabulously fast car that they want. Um, that perhaps is not the most I remember um, some of my friends' um, cars uh, when they were uh, when they were 16. And I just think, what an absolutely unloving thing to do to your kid to give them this car. I mean, it's by the grace of God that that we survived. Um, you know, this one gal, um, her dad gave her a, a convertible Corvette. Um, and as you might imagine, you know, we were very responsible um, with with that car when she'd let us drive. And you know, I mean, you just think it's by the grace of God that we. Uh, that we survive, and you think that's not—that's really not a very gracious. <laughs> so sometimes, and and we mentioned the story of um, uh, of Jacob, uh, and of course his his wrestling um, with God and God's loving and gracious and persistent wrestling um, with Jacob until the point that uh, that he that he actually finally um, brings him to himself. I think about um, in the Gospels. Uh, when Jesus says, you know, the Son of Man must be handed over uh, and he must suffer, he must be crucified, and on the third day he'll be raised again. And, 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 of course, you remember Peter says, you know what, no, Lord, absolutely not. Um, no way, you, you've got it all wrong. And, of course, what were, what were Jesus' words? Um, get get behind me, Satan. Um, for the things that you're saying are, are you know, that that's not from that's not from God. There, there's, there in that instance, is a, there was a loving... Uh, there was a loving rebuke. Um, there was a loving um, pushback on that. So what is, how exactly is it played out? Um, it's it's complex. So the parable of the prodigal son, we hear about the lostness uh, of human nature. We hear about the character of God in relationship with you and with me. And I'll just start by reading it to you. And he said, there was a man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many, lays, not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, uh, and no one gave him anything. So we 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 start there. Uh, a man uh, a man had two sons. Um, the father, uh, I think we can agree, is uh, is is representative in many ways of, of of God in this particular situation. You had um, the younger son. You have the older son. Let me ask y'all. Um, how many of y'all are an older sibling? And how many of y'all are are, are younger siblings? All right, that's that's good. Um, interesting dynamics, aren't they? Um, older um, older siblings uh, and and younger siblings. Uh, 
it's interesting, of course, having three. Um, Jack and Maisie <laughs> are so worried with Sally being the third that she's going to get something that they didn't get before they got it. You know, I'm sure, you know, it's kind of like, you know, well, you know, they wanted it then, but, you know, because they got it later, it just tears them up if in any way. And not that we've changed our parenting style, but, you know, I guess there is the honesty of, to some degree, by the third one, you do wear down a little bit. Um, if, 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 maybe. Um, it's kind of what, uh, sometimes. Um, and, and sometimes, no, sometimes you're like, I can't believe how stupid we are. Uh, no, at the third, you do. You really, you don't parent them differently, but there is a, if we're honest, there's a certain degree where you just kind of, you, you, you wear down a little bit and you find yourself letting the third one um, do some of the things that you didn't let the first um, and, and the second, and the first and the second do. And I guess sometimes it's wisdom. Um, sometimes you realize that, you know what, we really don't need to be wound up by that. And I think sometimes it's fatigue. Um, so I don't know. And, and over all this, um, God is sovereign. Um, praise, uh, pra- praise, praise the Lord. But it is funny how much they're worried about that Sally's going to get to do something. And of course, Sally is the youngest child, um, is, is constantly, um, not constantly, but periodically just thinking, you know what, we, we really, we, we favor them more um, than, than her, um, which, is of course, uh, which is, of course, not true. And yet, um, family dynamics, good times. Um, Good times and all of that. So the younger son um, asks uh, the father, as, as younger siblings uh, can, can sometimes be, um, he asks his father um, to give him a share of his inheritance. Um, let me ask you this. What is the younger son um, saying that he loves? The money. Exactly. Yeah, he, he loves the stuff. Um, he, he loves the money. Absolutely, first and foremost, and and perhaps what else as well? This is kind of one of those. That's such an unfair question. Guess what I'm thinking? Um, you know. But anyway, what what are some other? His yeah, his self freedom exactly. Uh, that's that's actually what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh, not that that was necessarily a good thought that you. Uh, but anyway, that just happened to be what I was thinking. No, yeah. I mean, he he loves he loves money more. Um, he loves stuff more. He loves himself more. He loves um, freedom. And, and autonomy more than, than the relationship uh, with his father, with his mother, um, with, with his brother. Um, give me the stuff uh, and let me, um, you know, the old Jimi Hendrix, let me live my life the way I want to because I'm the one who has to die when it's time for me to die. And, you know, I remember as a teenager thinking that was really deep. And then I thought, how stupid. Um, you know, you kind of is, you, know, you think, yeah, that's it. Um, and then later on you look at that and you just think, how lame. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, and I mean, thank God that none of us have ever been like this. We've never valued money and stuff and autonomy and self um, over people, um, over um, over relationships or anything like that. We, we see the younger son wants to do what he wants to do um, and, you know, and ask the father, says, you know, go ahead and give it to me now um, and, and I'm going to be on my way. Uh, and of course, um, the amazing thing in the story um, is is that the father does it, and obviously in in that culture that would never happen, um, because it, it's it just wouldn't happen. But also another slap culturally, and and just like in any culture, the things that we hold culturally, um, we 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 fiercely hold, and even in our culture, it's not just you know sort of you know the culture of the Middle East, etc. The things that we hold culturally. Um, we, in many ways, hold just as just as fiercely. They just happen to be 
um, different. But the other thing that wouldn't be done, sons didn't leave their father. Uh, they didn't leave their 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 families. Um, if you remember the passage where Jesus is going and he's telling people to come and follow him, and the guy says, you know, first let me go and bury my father, and then I'll come and uh, and follow you. His dad wasn't actually dead. He wasn't saying, look, I'll be with you in a day after the after the burial. What what he what he was saying was, when my father dies, then I'll come uh, and follow you. So you may have read that and thought, well, that was kind of awfully harsh of Jesus. But what Jesus is saying is, you know what, I'm actually more important than cultural norms. Uh, And there's an urgency um, in your response to um, my call. There's an urgency in your coming and and following me. So that's actually what that was talking about, not rather than his dad's actually dead and waiting to be buried. But it's just like, look, let me fulfill cultural obligations, family obligations, then I'll come and follow you. And Jesus says, you know what, my call is bigger than that. Um, and, and my kingdom is, is bigger and more pressing and more urgent than that. So anyway, you know the story. The sun goes off. <clears throat> of course, he, he squanders it. Um, it's all lost. He, it's, it's sort of the double indignity, not only of going from uh, being flush to being broke, but then, of course, uh, for um, he would have sunk as low, not just because nobody's aspiration is to be the pig feeder, um, but also, you know, Culturally, religiously as well, the, you know, that would have been unclean. He would have been not only broke, um, but, but shamed um, twice over. Uh, and so he finds himself, and then he, but when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hands have more than enough bread, but I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called um, your son. Um, so we, we see... We see the beginning of, of <clears throat> we see the beginning of repentance here, um, I guess, because ultimately, what kind of like most of us, what motivates him? It's not really sorrow at what he's done. Um, he's just in a pinch. Um, you know, he'll he'll perhaps get to sorrow for what he's done, but really, right now, it's just like you know, I'm I'm starving. And there's plenty of food at dad's. Um, so there's there's food at mom and dad's. So, so I'm going back, and of course he begins to um, he begins to rehearse um, in his mind what he's going to say to his father when he comes home. I'm no longer be worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose uh, and came um, to his father. Um, so so we see he he turns. Of course he begins to return home. But while he was still a long um, way off. And I think there's a significance to that that's more than just, you know, kind of nice um, um, storytelling as well. And I think it says a lot about the, the grace and the love and the forgiveness of God because he was still a long way off. Uh, it wasn't as if he, you know, he really was pretty close in the sense of he'd really pretty much cleaned up. He'd really pretty much um, gotten it. You know, he really had kind of progressed to the point it's like, you know what, he's, he's close enough that I'm, it's okay for me to forgive him. Uh, he's close enough that it's okay for me to love him. It's close enough. He's close enough that I'm. It's okay for me to, to welcome him back. He, we hear that he was still a long way off, and I, and I think that means um, kind of spiritually, mentally, emotionally, not just a long way off down the road. Um, that we hear that while he was still a long way off, and and as well, what else do we see in this? Um, we we see that not only was still up, but we see that the father was looking for him. Um, that, he, that he had not washed his hands of his younger son. While he was still um, 
And he rose uh, and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him uh, and felt compassion and ran and embraced him uh, and kissed him. Have any of y'all um, ever received that kind of um, a response in your life? And you're welcome to share it or not share it, but have any of y'all ever received um, that type of response? Let me ask you this. Um, how, how, how did it affect you? How has it um, remained with you? I've told this story uh, 2,000 times, um, and so I would say stop me if you've heard it, but uh, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll go ahead and... Uh, I told the story because it really was, um, and, and still remains to this day, phenomenally powerful in my life. It was while I was uh, in between freshman and sophomore year, crashed my car, hit it from Dad for a long period of time. Mom and Dad came to visit, took Dad out to the car, um, well, I didn't take him, actually. He asked. He said, you know, son, where's your car? Um, and I was kind of like, up, oh, you know, jig is, jig, is, jig is up. I've got to take that out there. And uh, I still remember, because it was it was just like this, I was rehearsing in my mind what I was going to say. You know what, Dad? I'm so sorry. Um, uh, I've learned from this. Uh, and you know what? If, if you take my car away, that's right. I understand. And, you know, I just, you know, my whole spiel i'd rehearsed in my mind a million times i just never had actually voiced it uh, to my father but anyway i'd worked it out in my head just sort of like the when i came home from the citadel um over break and i had rehearsed for for the first semester you know the you know dad really was a great experience and um learned from it and i think you know my next college um it's going to be an even better experience when i when i when i transfer and you know i'd rehearse that whole conversation with them um and and I remember because we were sitting, you know, we were sitting in the car uh, in the parking lot at the grocery store, and I'm, you know, I'm going into this whole spiel, and, and Dad kind of listens, and he, he said, "No," um, he said, "Well, you know, you've made a commitment. Um, you need to go ahead and finish the first year, and then we'll talk then." He said, it's, "It's it's wide open after that first year, but you have to go ahead and finish um, finish that first year because you've made a commitment, and you need to see that out." And I was just so. I just I, I thought that's it. You know, there's no more. It was just boom. It was done. That was that was that conversation. Um, and obviously, after that first year, um, you kind of thought, well, I've come this far. Um, I might as well. But anyway, some some loving resistance on, on from him on that. But anyway, back to the car. When I took Dad out to the car, of course, I was ready um, to be blasted. I knew I was guilty. I was in a situation I couldn't get myself out of. And I, you know, there's some of those times in life you just one of the hardest things about it was I knew I just I had nothing. I had nothing except guilt in that situation. I mean, I had absolutely nothing. And the first and Dad looks at the car, and I remember he just poor Dad did that a lot. He just kind of shook his head. And he said, you know, he said, son, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? I could have done something about this. And and that was it. Fixed my car. Um, no, you know, and I, I always say he. There were plenty of times he did blast me, um, but that time there was just there was no, you know, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? I could have done something about this. Um, and and as I say, I, I share that story again and again and again because that was in many ways, you know, one of the things that helped me see and understand the gospel. I mean, that was a that that was a that was a, a gospel moment where I was restored, um, and and he really, you know, and I knew. Uh, I mean, I could have been. Um, 
I could have been rightly judged for that. Um, and yet I received a mercy and I received a restoration. I received um, a, a forgiveness in that. And that had so much more power um, than if I than if I'd got hammered um, that in that particular situation that that did so much more. And so we see this uh, with the father. The son comes back. The dad runs out um, and he embraces him uh, and he and he kisses him. And again, we we see he doesn't uh, like when Jesus appears to the disciples after he'd been crucified. And of course, they had deserted him. They'd let him down. Um, they hadn't done what they promised to do. Um, they they fail, failed basically in every possible way and they were guilty. And the first thing he says to them, uh, we read about this in John 20 when he appears. So what, what are the first three words he says to them? You know it, Ron. You can say it if you want. It's, yeah. No, I'm joking. Uh, peace be with you. Um, he doesn't say, you know what? Um, it's, you've got some work to do. Um, and once you've done that work, then we'll be good again. Um, he, he, he appears to them and he says those words, peace be with you. He, he, he begins the work of, of restoration uh, in their relationship before they've begun. Forgiveness precedes repentance. Um, they, they receive a love, they receive a grace, they receive a mercy, they receive a forgiveness. And that, that leads to repentance rather than, um, rather than the other way around. So we see the father, he runs out, he embraces, he kisses, and the son said, And father, I've sinned against heaven, and before you I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe um, and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and, and they began to celebrate. Now, his older son um, was in the field and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, um, these many years I have served you and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son... You are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad, for this your brother was dead uh, and is alive. He was lost and is found. Let me ask you this. Have any of y'all, um, did you ever feel bad for the older brother? I always identified with him. Yeah. I mean, never with the younger brother. Right. He was a self-righteous, well... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mad. Yeah. Of course. Exactly. You know, it's funny. I was. Um, I. You know, here's one of the funny things I think oftentimes um, is, in our minds, we we like to identify with the younger brother, um, but the reality is, I think there's a lot of older brother in, in every every last one of us. Um, but it's a lot more fun to be. You know, I was bad, but now I turned around and. Gosh, God is good, and uh, and it's a lot harder to say. You know what? I'm really self-righteous. Um, I'm really um, judgmental. I'm really um, slow to forgive. Um, I, I really, um, I'm just as bad as the next. But I, but I like to, 
pretend that I'm not. Um, I think there's just a ton of older brother uh, in every last one of us. And I think that's one of the things that often gets in the way of living uh, with, with the sacrificial love, because here's one of the things um, we see with the older brother, of course, is that in many ways, um, he, he didn't love the father either. Um, he really was, he was more absorbed in self as well. He was just as absorbed in self, and, and his being absorbed in self was his, what he perceived was his self-righteousness, his righteousness, uh, the way that he followed the rules, the way that he was the good kid, the way that he was the good um, son, the way that he was loyal um, to his father, when, when realistically he was really more loyal to his own idea of, of the rules and the way things should be um, than, than the father, because, because he's bitter now about what the father is letting go of. You know, y'all have probably never seen in families people squabble over inheritance. Um, you rarely, you know, y'all probably never. It's, it's crazy how much as people we lose our minds. Um, when it comes to, uh, you know, once again, when it when it comes to when it comes to money uh, and and stuff, I mean, y'all have seen it. I've seen it in so many. Um, and I, you know, it's not all easy. I don't act like, oh, well, gosh, it's just all easy. People just need to love God, and it'll all work out. I mean, it's it's tough when you go through all of that. So don't make light of that. But it but it's interesting how much um, we so often lose our minds. But no, he's 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 bitter. He's angry. He's he's jealous. Um, he is. Um, resentful, he, you know, of course, that what a gifted storyteller. Um, that that Jesus is pretty good. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I love his brother. This son of yours, um, not my brother. Um, this uh, this son of yours, uh, this son of yours uh, has done this. His his anger, his um, unwillingness to forgive, of course, um, is is keeping him out. And this is something that y'all know as well. Love and um, giving and forgiveness um, are all leaps of faith. Uh, they, they really, it's not only the knowledge that we have received those things uh, from God, but it's, always, it's also a tremendous leap of faith because when we do that, what we're saying is that God is in charge and we're not. Um, and, and what we're saying is we, we trust God with the end results um, because um, when we do those things, we don't, there's not a guarantee on their return. Um, there just, there just um, isn't. When we do that, it's a statement of faith saying, Lord, I believe, I believe in who you are, uh, and I believe in your sufficiency, and I believe not only that I've received this, but ultimately that you're going to work it all out, and it's not my job to be the ultimate judge. Um, it's, that is, um, thanks be to God, in, in your hands rather than rather than in my own. And obviously there's there's a real risk and a vulnerability, and I think it's part of our fear um, that we won't have sufficient resources. Um, and that, heaven forbid, what if someone gets away with something? You know, what if I forgive them and they're not really repentant and they're really ultimately getting away with something and, you know, they really should, I'm, I'm letting them off, uh, I'm letting them off too easy. But of course the reality is as well, which you know, and it's another thing to do it, when we forgive, it's we ultimately release ourselves. Um, you know, it 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 it, it releases us um, when when we forgive um, and and when we when we let go of that. Um, the Bishop Salmon years ago, um, when he was Bishop of South Carolina, he went to this one church, you know, as the bishops do, and they come. And uh, he was at coffee hour, and this woman came up to him and she said, "I've hated you for years." Um, <laughs> 
And, you know, that's always, how about that for a start? Yeah, sugar, cream, you know, no, I've, I've, I've hated you um, for years. And his response, very wise, but I just, he, he said to her, he said, he said I, am, I am so sorry to hear that. He said, I must have done terrible things to you and it hasn't affected me at all. <laughs> and and it's you know I mean tough tough loving words but true words because the reality is he had no idea you know she'd been hating him for years and you can just just eating her eating her up um, and just uh, you know draining her her energy and just binding her and imprisoning her and. It hadn't affected him <laughs> at all. So anyway, when when we when we forgive, yes, ultimately we're the ones um, that are that are released. So um, <laughs> I don't know that I would have had either the presence of mind um, or the or the courage to say, you know, yes, you know, and here I am unfazed. Uh, but I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry for you. Um, but we see um, in in this. Um, um, the older brother um, is uh, is is cutting himself off um, from the father, um, who who says to him, you know, you're you're always with me, all that is mine um, is is yours. Don't you see? Um, basically, don't you understand um, why we're doing this? The the importance uh, the importance of this. Um, so we see, you know, hopefully again and again and again. That, that we're people who have received this and there's the opportunity for us as the the whole paradox which is a leap of faith that you know the, there there are nuances certainly in in relationships and there's and there are you know there 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 are boundaries and so forth and there's the importance to remember that as you know we seek to live this way we're not Jesus um, and, and I think that's kind of important to remember as well when we're, when we're called to Love and to give and forgive. Um, you know, we're 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 not only called to do it, but of course, as we heard in the sermon today, we're we're commanded um, we're commanded to do it as well, because ultimately, that's that's where we're going to find life. Um, is it's in giving that we receive. Um, it's it's in loving um, that that we receive love. It's it's in it's in forgiving that ultimately that 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 we're released um, and that we experience a freedom. Uh, which we otherwise um, wouldn't have, and and we're able to even begin to do this because we love because um, he's first loved us, uh, and and the and the reality is, you know, it's kind of like I, I invite you and I, and I invite myself as well um, to actually believe um, in the gospel, um, and in actually believing to 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 pray for that and to experience um, the the fullness of life that's available. Anything y'all want to say or comment before we go today? I was going to say, um, what you're talking about just then, especially, it reminds me of in the, is it Tullian Chivita? Mm-hmm. How do you say his name? His yeah, book. T-Bone. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, he said, instead of asking yourself the WWJD, what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. You need to remind yourself, what did Jesus do? Absolutely. And so that way it makes it, yeah. it's not, okay, I'm going to love him because Jesus did. Right. Because he loved me, like you said. Yeah, I like that. I, you know, of course, the the challenge with, and it's earnest and sincere. You know, what would Jesus do? Um, the the challenge with that whole thing is, um, that that sets us up to fail if you try and live that way. I mean, that's you know, that's that's a law and that's a burden, and 
it's just going to crush you. You know what? What would Jesus Jesus would do this? And again and again and again, I don't, I don't do it. Um, and it just, uh, you know. And, and I'm not. And again, that's not taking out the command. I mean, the command's there. Jesus didn't say, you know what? If if people are kind, love them. Um, or you know, if you feel like it, uh, love one another. No, the, we can't get around the command. The command's there um, uh, to do so. But that's good. I appreciate that. But then the only way to truly do that is abiding. Yeah. And to um, be the vessel and have the love work mm-hmm. through you because we can't do it in and of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think of the Corey Ten Boom story mm-hmm. where she was speaking and one of the yeah. um, Nazi security guards came up to her afterwards mm-hmm. and said, you know, your story has really changed me mm-hmm. and uh, I'm so glad to have your forgiveness. And she said at that moment she was so repulsed mm-hmm. and so repelled mm-hmm. and she realized I can't yeah. forgive him, but allowing Christ through me to forgive him and she was able to take his yeah. hand. Yeah, definitely. And I thought, wow, that's the release. You know, that's such a that's such a great example as well. I mean, that whole yeah, the necessity that that Jesus is the vine, that we're the branches, that any any of this is only accomplished because we abide, um, because we abide in Him. And it's and, and you know also at the same time how encouraging and freeing for us is that that um, it's not a matter of me digging down deep enough to find it within myself, but it's a matter of Him working through us. And that's what I love in the story when um, you made a point I'd never realized before, when we were still far off. Yeah. You know, because when we are searching for God, we still think it's all on us. Oh, yeah. You know, it's really not. It's being available to see him because he's always there. It's not a matter of us working our way back to God. It's a matter of that God has come and sought, Mm -hmm. he's sought us uh, and and brought us back to to himself. well, I'm, I'm sorry. We, you know, we're we're at five till, obviously, and people are pick, picking up kids and um, uh, etc. So, um, thank you uh, for for being here, for what y'all had to share, um, and just uh, grateful for y'all. Um, uh, just just period. Um, but anyway, we'll, we'll we'll pray as we go forth. <clears throat> Father, thank you for our time together with you and with one another. Thank you, most gracious God, that you um, that you first love us, most gracious God. You first seek us, Lord. Fill our hearts and our minds with 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 faith and belief in you. Um, enable us to abide um, in you, that that your love and your grace and your forgiveness and mercy might um, fill us, might shape us, might fashion us, both in our relationship with you and our relationship with others. And we give thanks that it's not dependent upon us, but it's dependent upon you. And for that, we give you thanks and praise, all honor and glory. In the name of Jesus, your Son. Amen.